Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, we have on our staff just a very precious young guy, and I say young, he's younger than me, so that makes him young, that has spent quite a bit of time going through all of our um, videos to really put together, I guess, I don't know if the archives, the archives of what God's been doing the last five years. And and so he works here, I think, one day a week, isn't that Pastor Marty? One day a week. And, um, and he just helps in our videoing and archives and making sure that we have everything documented that we need to have. And, and that's Chad Carlisle. I don't know if Chad's here tonight. Is Chad here? Where's Chad? Where's Chad? Okay, he's not here tonight. He may be working. He works for um, Best Buy on the Geek Squad. So I ought to let you know he's very brainy. And he travels the country uh, teaching children, young people, special needs children about computers. Just an exquisite guy. And if you don't know him, you probably will never, ever meet him. <laughs> so you had your chance because he's like, he's like a, you know, he's like a gnat sometimes. He's here and then he's gone. But when he's here, he's here and in, in, in doing some phenomenal things. I don't know why I'm giving you all that information. We love Chad. So he, he found this the other day, and he gave it to me, and it's in reference to what we have here on our, on our uh, steps. This video I'm going to show you was five years ago, and well before the revival, but after the encounter in the classroom. It was on a Sunday morning, and it's look at Acts chapter 19 for reference sake, because we're going to pray very quickly over these rags in a moment. These washcloths and send them out. I'll need about 12 different teams or just 12 different people and then pods, if you will, if you want to put it that way. Verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Just the, the, the cloths, the aprons, the handkerchiefs uh, that Paul had around his body um, brought deliverance and healing. Uh, I don't know if Jason and Michelle Lamb, are you guys here? Where's Michelle, Jason? Um, I got a text today from Michelle Lamb. Uh, about someone that contacted her. Good morning, this is Michelle Lamb. Mailed a prayer cloth to Northern Ireland for this sweet baby. This baby boy, he has been in the hospital since birth last March. He has congenital diaphragmatic hernia. My daughter's baby due in May has been diagnosed with this and given a 60% chance of living. She invited me to join this group on Facebook. I reached out to this mom and offered to mail a cloth to her. She immediately responded yes, and she received it. So the cloths that you have here in front of us and the cloths in those buckets that we have, Pastor Sherry, um, 
matter. So when we pray tonight, it matters. This is just not going through a routine. This is really significant. There's a mom in Northern Ireland that this baby right here has been sick since March and the one on the way is not doing well. It is a representation or a, a, um, a taking from here to there. Where you, we can't physically be there, but we can literally take what's been in the glory of the Lord and send it forward. Right? And so it's, it's so significant. Now, so I want you to watch this video of 2017, us trying to get to this place. We had no idea five years ago we'd be in this place. We were digging and plowing, breaking up fallow ground, trying to get to a place we had no idea what the end result would be. All we knew is what the Word said. So watch this. Cody, you ready? Here we go. It's about four or five minutes, right, Nicole? I think so. If it happened then, is it minutely possible that that could happen now? I'm going to ask you again because I think I want you to think about that because you know what we're thinking from our denominational backgrounds. You know, I don't know that was kind of fra- you know that's kind of freaky. That's kind of if it happened then, is it possible for the presence of God to so permeate an environment to be so condensed to have such humidity of the Holy Spirit? That something that is saturated in that presence could be taken to a loved one and that individual being healed. Is that possible today? You see, the Bible is not written to tell us only what God used to do. But it is written to communicate to us to what God does today. Come on now, somebody. Amen. Yeah, give him praise right there. Everything that's written in this book is not a, 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 a stick, a candy stick, or an apple in front of me forever taunting me that I can never get or attain to that. It's always outside of my reach. The Bible is written so to let us know what potential and power we possibly could walk in. And I think I'm with a a group of people that just may dare God enough and just may be bold and brass enough to believe God that if he spoke it in the Bible, then let's live it in the 21st century here in Dawson County, Georgia. Come on now. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just letting you know as your pastor, that's where my faith is going. That's where my hunger is being stirred. I do not want a stale, dry, lethargic, apathetic, cold, decaying religion. I want a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit that mimics, that literally imitates the very experiences of the New Testament. Come on now, give it. Yeah, come on. How many, how many people believe with me this morning? 
They're going to call you crazy. They're going to look at you as if you've lost your mind. And they're going to identify you with a group of people. I go, you must go to that church. I thank God that I'm going to be a part of people that go to that church. What do you mean that church? That church that dares to believe everything that's written in red. That church that dares to believe the book of Acts that says it wasn't just a dispensation in time, but it is applicable to our time as well. I dare to believe with you that those that are sick can be healed. Those that need to be filled with the Holy Ghost can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speak in new tongues and walk in freedom and walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Listen. And, and what you don't know, I was speaking that to about a hundred people. On a Sunday morning. Maybe 140. Maybe. And we're living that now. So what we're what we're prophesying today. We may not step into it till five years from now. But we got to plow today to get to where we want to be five years from now. You hear what I'm saying? We speak those things that are not, according to the book of Romans, as if they already are. Book of Hebrews. New Testament. Did you have a testimony? Where is she? Yeah, on a, on a, a cloth. Cloth testimony. I posted on our Facebook group about this little boy named Jordan. I got connected with his mom on Facebook, and unfortunately, he was abused as an infant and had some severe neurological stuff going on. Basically, he could smile, and that's about it. So I sent this mom some information. I sent her a cloth, and she got it this week. She got it Monday. She said, I used it this morning. It was still wet, and then his physical therapist came. She was amazed at how loose his arms were, and he was holding his head up in midline while sitting. And for him, his head is always a struggle. He was so strong today and seemed to be very aware of things. He was listening to us talk, and you could tell because he would turn his head toward whomever was talking. I'm going to use them again tonight and consistently every day. Thank you so much for the prayers. And I've never met this lady. I was just met on Facebook, but I thought she needs a cloth. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Some of you, some of us are asking, well, Lord, I would just want to be used of the Lord. Use your Facebook platform. Find somebody that's sick and say, hey, and give them two testimonies or three testimonies of what God's doing. Sick people and hurting moms and dads with, with children want, they want hope. They want hope. All of us can be used of the Lord. So, all right, five minutes or three minutes. Uh, we've got 20 going. I don't know. This is going to um, someone in Bethlehem, Georgia. This one's going to California. I saw one West Indies, uh, Barbados, West Indies, this cloth right there. I need anybody that's uh, uh, Larry. I know you and uh, Kay are going to Africa the 14th. Joel Crumpton, where's Joel? You're headed out next week as well uh, to Africa. Um, you're going to Africa. You guys are going to Africa, aren't you? 
Okay, two different places. So y'all grab this one to West Indies and just get together. Come on, y'all come. Let's just grab these. Won't take long. We don't have as many tonight. Dip and pray. Dip and pray. Get in groups of about three or four. Uh, don't let anybody just pray alone. Put your hands on it. Believe God. Find the request. Keep the request with the rag. Keep the request with the rag. Thank you, Lord. believe any believers in the house 
I believe. Thank you for the testimonies that we hear. Just keep sending them out. We have an endless supply of rags. I'm telling you, we, we do. And so don't ever feel that you can't ask or just take the liberty to... There, most of them are in that bucket or that box up there. Just If you need six, take them. If you need a dozen, take them. Dip them. Put them in plastic bags. Freeze them if you have to, you know, to another day. And... Uh, <laughs> Set the world on fire with that testimony, didn't she? That was good. All right, I want to talk about um, how to know the will of God for your life, all right? That's where we're going to pick up tonight on how to know the will of God for a few minutes and just going to whet your appetite a little bit more. Uh, you know, last Sunday, or excuse me, last Wednesday, we were talking about how to know the will of God, and we were dealing with godly counsel. I want to give you another element tonight on how to be able to figure out what the will of God is for your life. How many of us have ever been in a situation where we were struggling to know what's God's will for me at this moment? And you really needed to know pretty quickly, right? I mean, like, Lord, I need to know in like the next 30 seconds. If you can please tell me what your will is, that would help me tremendously. Uh, you know, personally, Karen and I are in some situations right now that I need to know what the will of God is for uh, I think my car's falling apart. It looks like it's my, I'm 400 miles away and my drivetrain light comes on and won't go into third gear. And I'm on the, you know, and I'm thinking, dear God, what do I do? I don't want to buy a car. This one I've had nine years. And the other car I have is a half a million miles. And Karen's car has nine, what is yours is nine or 10 years old or something like that. And I'm thinking, Lord, last thing I want to do is buy a car. So I may have to. Appreciate your enthusiasm right there. <laughs> Nobody feels my pain, right? Huh? All right. Um, <laughs> you know a guy, Mickey, in the back. He knows a guy. He can help us. Um, so don't get freaked out. If I come with a car, okay, because I know how church people are. Don't get freaked out. I've had this one for nine years. It's 200,000 miles, and when the drivetrain is thousands of dollars, and my uh, trade-in value is four. So, <laughs> isn't that awful? All right, what was I talking about? Oh, the will of God. I need to know. I have to know, so you get you and pray, all right? You and pray. All right, now, I, wanna, I want you to go to Numbers chapter 22. I want to talk to you tonight about um, a way to know the will of God through circumstantial evidence. <laughs> I need this. I need this tonight. I'm going to put my hearing on. Verse 22 of uh, Numbers 22. That's fitting, isn't it? Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him, and he was riding on his donkey. You know this about Balaam's donkey. This is a story. And his two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his, with his drawn sword in his hand, and the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. So Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards, 
with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you? You have struck me these three times. Now this is interesting to me. You know, you're, you're, you're sitting on a donkey and not only you know, freak you out is that the donkey talks, but the donkey can add. I'm thinking about that. Math. I mean, not one time, not two. You have hit me three times. So we're not talking about a donkey, just a regular donkey. We're talking one that can talk and do math. (laughs) And then Balaam carries on a conversation and said to the donkey, because you abused me. I wish there was a sword in my hand, for now I'd kill you. I mean, can you imagine if somebody's walking around watching this guy talk to this animal and this animal talking back? So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with this drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head, and he fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you, because your way is perverse before me. And the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. For I did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Sometimes God uses circumstances in our lives to reveal His will for us. And sometimes circumstances, God uses them to save us from future destruction. Notice Balaam's response to the circumstances. The donkey, the circumstances, turned him off the road. The other circumstance, the donkey crushed his foot against the wall. Another circumstance that God put in Balaam's way is that the Lord allowed the the donkey to sit down on him, underneath him, if you will. And every time, Balaam Balaam fought against his circumstance. You hear what I'm saying? He saw the circumstance as an obstruction to do what he wanted to do and what he thought was best, but God was putting things in front of him to say, I don't want you to go this way. And I feel that oftentimes we as Christians perhaps um, God tries to speak to us and he, and he tries to move with us and around us to keep us from destruction. 
but times we are convinced that we know what's best. And if we're not careful, we'll begin to rebuke the very things that God put in front of us to stop us. Does that make sense? Now, with all of that being said, I've got to give you some caution. Does that make sense? All right? I want you to write something down. It's on the screen. Sometimes circumstances alone are not an effective gauge in determining God's will. Does that make sense to you? So I want to give you this warning as well. Never make a decision based solely on circumstances. It is one of the voices. It's one of the ways that God can communicate to you to reveal to you His plan. And some circumstances are great and not always negative. You hear what I'm saying? But never just use circumstances to base a decision. Does that help you? Okay. Because just because it looks good or seems to be an answer to your prayer doesn't necessarily mean it is the will of God. Don't judge an opportunity by its appearance. And don't assume because it looks good, it is God's will. first open door in your life that you're praying into something and there's an open door, it may not be God's will for you to walk through that open door. Because the enemy nearly counterfeits everything. Does that help you? Does that make sense to you? How can I say this? Um, what the body of Christ needs now more than any time in its history is discernment. You have to discern spiritually what God's will is. When you don't know, and we got circumstances pinging all over the place around us, you've got to be able to discern What's God's will? I'm going down the road today. I said, God, I need to discern what your will is for me because I can buy a car like you can buy a car. We can all buy a car, but I want the right timing of the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so I need discernment. I'm going to give you some scriptures on this, and I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. I find this very powerful. I want you to write this down. Ready? I want you to go uh, with me in the scriptures too. Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, and this is what Paul said. He said this, he says, If in this I pray that your love may abound still 
more and more in knowledge and all discernment. I want you to abound in knowledge and all discernment that you may prove the things that are excellent. I don't want good in my life. I want excellent in my life. First Kings chapter three. Here's what it says in verse nine. So give your servant a discerning heart. To govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, maturity says this. It says, but solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Proverbs 3, 21, my son, preserve sound judgment and discernment and do not let them out of your sight. So when we are being, um, having obstacles around us, we need to discern, is this, is this circumstance right here of God keeping me from something, or is it from the devil that's keeping me from something? And so having this ability to discern the will of God is life-giving and valuable. It doesn't come cheap, and it doesn't come easy. It comes by being a student of the Word, having your spirit and having your heart and having your mind fine-tuned by the Word of the living God, walking in unison with the Spirit to the best of your ability so that when you tap in and say, God, according to James chapter 1, I need wisdom and I know you're a good father and you want me to have wisdom, you want me to have discernment, so when I ask you, you're going to give it to me. I'm going to ask and take, take a deep breath and I want you to give me spiritual eyes to be able to see what is you and what is not of you. Let me see the angel standing in my way. Does that make sense? Talk to me. This is huge. Huge statement right here as well, as well. When you and I are unwilling to listen to godly counsel or heed the Word of God, we may be forced to listen to a donkey on a stage not of our choosing. That's why last week we talked about godly counsel. We're going to be talking about knowing the will of God according to the Word of God in the, in the weeks to come. And if I'm unwilling to listen to that and I keep digging for what I want to hear and what I want to have, you know, I want, I want somebody to give me permission to do something, but in my heart it's not right and the Word of God doesn't bear witness with it or the Spirit of God's not bearing witness with it and the counselors around me are saying no, at that point you and I may be forced to listen to a donkey on a stage not of our choosing. This helping anybody. Huge statement right here. God is more interested in maturing us than He is delivering us from difficult circumstances.
Now, I'm going to give you three keys of navigating your, through uh, difficult circumstances or through circumstances. Write this, uh, write this down. Three, three steps, if you will, on discovering the will of God. It's, uh, it seems like I'm going to tear everything down that I've just said, spoken to you, but I've got to give you these three, and then I'll bring some context to it. Number one, avoid allowing circumstances to lead you. They're there not to lead us. They're there just to help us along the way. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we walk by what? Faith. Romans chapter 8 says that the sons and daughters of the Lord are led by the Spirit of the Lord. But He knows we need assistance from time to time. And we need sometimes, Lord, help me. I really want to know your will. I'm having a difficult time hearing your voice, knowing your spirit. And all of a sudden, if you're open, it, God will begin to put circumstances in your life. It's sort of like bumper pool. You know what I'm talking about? There are just these obstacles all around. And you can say, okay, God, help me have discernment about what you're trying to speak to me on this issue. I'll give you an example. Let's say you fall in love with someone and... You know, you're attracted to that individual, uh, both physically and emotionally, intellectually, you, you know, financially. It's the golden package, okay? And everything seems to be lining up. But then you go to some people and you say, what do you think about this? We're getting really serious. And something in their heart goes, you know, as a trusted person, you're like, I just don't sense that the timing's right right now. That's a part of a circumstance, an obstacle. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's not a definite no, it just may be slow down. And especially the odor that we get, how can I say it? In the available pool of people, <laughs> diminishes with every year. Do you hear what? <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> and so you can't be as choosy as you were when you were like 19, when everybody was single. And now you're a little bit older and, and things, and you find someone that, that has a pulse. That's <laughs> not, in, not an insane asylum somewhere. You know what I'm saying? They, they you know, they, they're, they're not rebounding from, you know, uh, bankruptcy, and they're not rebounding from their eighth marriage, and they have a job. Okay, so those are five qualifications you put out before the Lord and said, Lord, please don't let them be in a home anywhere. Don't let them be on their eighth marriages. And Lord, would you please let me find somebody that has a stable job? And you go, and you get infatuated with that thing, and I found somebody. And they may be as ugly as dirt. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like, I just found a human that can carry on a conversation. <laughs> You're right? And, and, and so, you know, and, and, and you just like, dear God, this is the will of God. I've been praying all these years for... And, and he goes to church, or she loves God, and all of a sudden, you know, you think, and you fast-track this thing. And here's the, I'm running out of time. Because we tell young people, wait. You just kind of wait, take your time. No, when you get 40 or something, I got to do it. 
today. We are running to Gatlinburg and getting married in Elvis's chapel. We're getting married where Elvis got married or wherever it is in Las Vegas. We are taking a road trip. Got the justice of the peace, Sandy Griffith, meeting us in Mayberry. Going to marry us. And I can't tell you how many times, Pastor Marty, that six months later, they walk into our office and go, I'm in trouble. I go, what do you mean you're in trouble? I had no idea. No idea what? I had no idea he was addicted to pornography. I had no idea that uh, she doesn't like me to touch her. She hates men. You hear what I'm saying? I've, I've heard it all. Or I had no idea that she had $50,000 worth of credit card debt. But someone, the trusted advisor in her life says, I just don't feel good about that. And instead of putting the brakes and tapping the brakes and going, let me take a step back and, you know, because I, I trust that individual and they only want good for me. You hear what I'm saying? in another week or two or a couple months could have revealed some things. Anytime you're in a hurry to do something in an attempt to obey God, you always, always, that's a strong word, when you're in a hurry to do something and you don't have all your, your boxes checked, chances are you're going to create an Ishmael. You're going to give birth to something that feels good and fills a void temporarily, but then it was never intended for, the, for you in the first place. And then you give birth to something, now you have a $50,000 debt that you now acquire that you are partnering with to eliminate. Now you're dealing with some emotional baggage when the romance runs away. And now you got all this baggage. You hear what I'm saying? And now you got an Ishmael. you got to deal with it. And so God will put people in your life, okay? You'll see something in their personality that just kind of raises the flag like, that wasn't normal. Or a, a, a splash of anger that just erupted. And not people are perfect, but there's something the Lord will let you see. Or you'll get an email from someone from his previous wife that says, I just want you to know and you, and you cast it off as saying, well, she's, she's just a witch anyway. She's a troublemaker. He told me all about her. You hear what I'm saying? I just want you to know, and you didn't read the next paragraph, he beat me. So a year down the road, you're coming to church with some extra makeup on. And you look at us and you go, I had no idea. Now, is this resonating? I know none of y'all are in this category, okay? But I'm giving you a, just kind of a crude example. It's important that when these people speak to us and circumstances speak to us, we listen, we take a step back. 
We analyze, we evaluate. That person doesn't want to harm me. She may see something, he may see something that I'm not seeing because I'm so in love and so infatuated. Talk to me. Does this help anybody? Okay. Write this down. Discerning when Satan is opposing you because you are fulfilling the will of God and when God is opposing you to guard you from destruction. That's what discerning is. When you, you, when you're going to have to discern when Satan's coming against you and when God's coming against you to, to protect you from destruction. That's when you need discernment, right? Because he can come in as an angel of light. When I allow circumstances, now listen to this, alone to determine what is good and what is bad and what is from God and what is not from God, I allow, my, allow myself to be ruled by what I see. Do, don't base your decision solely on circumstances. They are helping points. They are, they, they are guideposts. Got it? Everybody okay? I'm about ready to be done. I feel, I feel good about where we are. I'm going to save somebody some heartache. Write this down. When you know you are in the will of God, speak to your circumstances. Don't allow them to prevent you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is important. I'm gonna, i got one more slide, and we're going to end with that. When you know you're in the will of God, when you know your counselors in your life, I'm talking about the people you trust, um, you know, some spiritual leaders in your, in your life, and, and they're validating what God's will is for your life, and, you've, and you, the Word of God is validating it, and you know that you're in the will of God moving forward. It could be like starting a new business, Thomas, you know what I'm saying? And you knew, and Angela, we walked through that, that situation. You know it's the will of God. But all of a sudden now there's some obstacles that come up in front of you. At that moment, what do you do? You already know it's the will of God, but you don't allow the circumstances to prevent you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. There are some storms in your life that you need to rebuke. And then there are other storms in your life you need to let them have full effect. Last slide, and this will help you. When you are unsure of whether you are in the will of God or not, that's when you listen to your circumstances. When you're unsure, what are you trying to say to me? Just help you. Uh, 
I was in Ukraine years ago. And, and before I tell you that story, um, discernment's important. Jesus preached the gospel. And every time, most every time he preached, he stirred up trouble. Read the Bible when, every time he went to church. One moment they said, we never heard a man speak with such authority. We never seen miracles done like this. And within three verses, they have taken him out of the city and ready to throw him over a cliff in the stony. They went from, we never heard until we've never heard. And there were times when Jesus discerned that I got to get out of here. And it says he vanished through the crowd. He says, it's enough. It's in those moments, especially those of you that do, that do uh, street ministry, you've got to have discernment to save your life. Well, I'm going to preach the gospel until, it, until if, if, even if they kill me. Don't die prematurely. Jesus was about to be killed. Didn't bring angels in on the scene. He just discerned it's time to go. There's wisdom there. Talk to me. I remember being in Ukraine. I'm, I, I'm with the... Um, and it's right after the wall fell. I mean, it, it was like months after the, 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 uh, uh, the wall fell in, in Germany and the Soviet blocs and all those type of things. And so we were one of the first um, waves of missions that went into the Ukraine to preach the gospel. Now, you understand... Guys that fought in World War II, this is in 1996-97. So these guys that fought in World War II were still relatively young. Okay, young speaking, you know, they were uh, in 1940s, 20 years of age. Okay, now we're 19, so they're 70 years of age. They're not crepid where they're, you know, 99 years old. They're, these guys had a lot of pride. And I'm in a city square preaching the gospel and Stalin statues kind of over my shoulder. And we chose to preach right there in the city square about the liberating power of the gospel. Spoke against Jesus came to die for you. Now you're talking about a communist regime that didn't even believe in God. And their country had just been literally decimated and, the, and everything, the wall fell. And here are these Westerners walking in telling them that everything they've ever believed was a lie. I'm preaching. A guy walks out. And he had to be 65, 70 years old. And all of his Soviet medals that he had won in World War II. And he's just coming up there. And my group's around me. They're like, they're like, they're seeing all that. Then a woman comes out of nowhere, screaming in Russian, condemning me. And literally pointing her finger while I'm on the city square preaching the gospel. She's yelling, and all these guys are now moving and working around. And uh, one of the gentlemen says, I think it's time to go. And I said, I think you may be right. I could have stayed and created an incredible scene and accomplished nothing. There are times by discernment to stop, and there are times... To keep going. It's a matter of life or death with discernment. And if we lack discernment in a situation, we ask for it. 
but you have your spirit disciplined to know how to hear the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice, right? And it's time that we fine-tune that. That's why in Caneo, the class on how to hear the voice of God and, or how to study the Bible, all these things are so important to us because it will help you in the days to come. It's just not material we're giving you. It's life or death in certain situations. All right? Okay, now, I don't know where to get off this, uh, off this platform tonight as far as this topic because I hadn't brought any clarity to you about listening to circumstances. I'm telling you to listen to circumstances, and I'm telling you not to listen to the circumstances. So use discernment. <laughs> right? Is that not weird? I've been all over the place tonight. Because discernment or a circumstance could be a blessing to you, or it can be an obstacle. He says, if you ask of me for bread, I'll not give you a stone. Those that diligently seek me with all their heart. says, if you will search for me with all of your heart, he says, I'll be found by you. There's nothing the Father wants to do more in your life than to help you stay in his perfect will. So he's not going to keep it from you. But don't go in there with the predetermined idea. Jesus prayed this. Father, not my will. It's not that he didn't know what the will of the Father was. He knew what it was. And he came to the point of saying, I will surrender to your will. Not my will, but your will be done. It's never that he didn't want to go to the cross. You hear what I'm saying? And so he came to the affirmation and he says, Lord, I'm going to submit to you. Because of the joy set before me, according to Hebrews, right? I'm going to submit to you. Whatever that is, I'm going to submit to you. Your will be done. And if God has that in your heart, He will make sure the circumstances are in place to guide you the right way. Amen? Okay, stand to your feet all across the room. Blessed be the Lord. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you so, so much for being here. Lord, as we have to make personal decisions and with our children, with our purchasing, selling homes, purchasing homes, whatever we need, Lord, in the future that life brings us, where to go to school, whom to marry. We just go ahead and say to you, Lord, we'll submit to your will. Just go ahead and say it. Say, Lord, I, I want to do your will. Okay. Yeah. So please reveal that to us. Yeah. And we will obey in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, thank you for being here tonight. Sun Saturday night, we pray at 6. Come be a part of that. Sunday morning at 9. Are you enjoying the 10 o'clock services? You're getting that extra 30 minutes in the afternoon? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Um, please, please be in prayer for Brian and Maudie and their children. They're in Honduras. Maudie taught the other day on blood covenant to a group of women in Honduras, so pray for her. Mateo, thank you for reading the word tonight. God bless you. We love you. All right, have a great evening. See you guys on Saturday and Sunday. Pastor Robbie Mathis is preaching Sunday night.